Dustin wanted to know if I had another picture today, and I told him I'm bringing this instead. Well, thank you, Nick. There you are. Okay. <laughs> Thanks again for the invitation to speak. Uh, it's always a delight to be here. Well, Happy New Year. Um, and as I reflect on the past year, one of the most unexpected gifts I received was the opportunity to speak here at Calvary the Hill. You welcomed me in October, along with Martin Luther on Reformation Sunday. Uh, you invited me back to speak in December to offer reflections on Mary's response to the angel Gabriel on the third Sunday of Advent. And here I am, invited back yet again. And while it's no longer the season of Advent or Christmas, today is actually called the fourth Sunday of ordinary time in the Christian calendar. And if you were to do a Google search on what ordinary time is, like I did, you would discover that it refers to all those parts of the Christian year that are not included in the seasons of Advent, Christmas, Lent, and Easter. Stated more positively, and I quote from a well-known uh, source, ordinary time is a time for growth and maturation, a time in which the mystery of Christ is called to penetrate ever more deeply into history until all things are finally caught up in Christ. And when first reading this phrase, <clears throat> the mystery of Christ jumped off the page. I immediately thought of Pastor Nick's current sermon series for um, Jesus plus nothing and Paul's letter to the Colossians where the Apostle Paul writes, my goal is that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love so you may have the full riches of complete understanding that you may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So while the seasons of Advent and Christmas offer an intentional slowing down for fresh wonder and celebration of Jesus, in ordinary time, life is back to normal. It's a new year. The more frantic pace of life has resumed, and for many of us, has also intensified. For over 30 years, I earned my livelihood um, as a commissioned salesperson in packaging sales. And on January 1st, every year, the clock was reset. It didn't matter how well I performed the year before. It was a new sales year. Everyone started back at zero. The daily pressure was on, complete with higher expectations. I never saw a lower sales goal. It was always higher, and higher levels of stress and anxiety, especially if January sales are off to a slow start. Welcome back ordinary time. It reminds me of the theme song, 1970s hit, uh, when I was a young adult, you know, Welcome Back, Carter. Yeah, 
I said, welcome back. I won't sing it for you, but. <laughs> but my wife Lynn teased me this morning because I was playing it upstairs. She says, what are you playing that for? <laughs> well, today's biblical text could not be more applicable to ordinary time. And it could not be more applicable to the more astounding part of the mystery that Paul writes about in Colossians. Remember, and I'm sure Pastor Nick preached on it, I wasn't here, but it's in Colossians 1, 26 through 27, where Paul says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So turn with me in your Bibles. We're not actually going to be at chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. We're going to be in chapter 3, verses 12 to 17. And it's on page 984 in your pew Bible. 984 in your pew Bible. <clears throat> and I'll be reading from the New International Version. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of God dwell in you richly as you teach and counsel one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let us pray. Fathers, we come to your word now and unpack its meaning for life today in these times. And for many who I've heard uh, this morning in the prayer time are in rough places or have been in rough places or hard times or struggles. We just ask that your word would that you would give them something today from the scriptures, um, from a conversation with a friend, from meeting someone new this morning, from maybe just a smile, or walking outside and seeing the sun come through the clouds briefly and remind us that spring is on the way. Whatever we need, Lord, will you encourage and strengthen us, your body, in this morning. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. So first, to briefly refresh our memory of the context, remember, the Apostle Paul was in prison when he wrote the letter to the Colossians. And Epaphras was likely the pastor of the church at Colossae, and he'd come to Paul for guidance and for help to counteract various and false teachings about Jesus. Now, the letter says Epaphras was always wrestling in prayer and that they may stand firm in God's will, mature and fully assured. And in the first half of his letter to the Colossians, 
Paul underscores the essential foundational truths about Jesus that can be easily summarized as follows. Number one, Jesus is fully God and fully human. Yes, we just celebrated this wonderful truth of the incarnation in the seasons of Christmas and Advent. This is the gospel you have heard. Number two, Jesus is the mystery of God. Yes, he is the anointed one whom you can know personally in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And three, the glorious riches of this mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. So my sermon continues today where Pastor Nick left off last week on how we live our lives in him so that we are rooted, strengthened, and grateful. Now, whereas last week's focus was on what we need to take off, to let go of, metaphorically speaking, to put to death, this week's focus is on what we need to put on, to clothe ourselves with, several layers of virtues. Verse 12, it says, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and forgiveness. That's six layers of virtue to experience the mystery of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Then Paul says, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity, peace, and gratefulness. Wow, that's a lot of layers of clothing to put on. Now, my wife, Lynn, likes to tease me about how many layers of clothing I tend to wear to stay warm. So if you want to see here, it's, uh, it's not that cold today. It's spring, right? But there's, you know, there's the undershirt, and then here's the black long sleeve, and then, you know, then there's the red, and then there's the sweater, right? And if it had been colder, I would have had the, all six <laughs> layers on. Um, and then, um, finally, and I would normally bring my big, heavy overcoat, but I brought the light one today. But then the overcoat. See? And when you do the overcoat, it binds it all together. You know, especially you got to get it fit right. And... See? Brings it all together. You wouldn't even know I had any layers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Christ in you, with all these layers of virtues, lived out in community. This is not only the hope of glory. It's the hope the world so desperately wants to see lived out in ordinary times, in everyday, ordinary ways. Yeah. 
Walter Brueggemann in his book, The Prophetic Imagination, argues that the time is ripe in the North American church for the serious consideration of prophecy as a crucial element in ministry. Yet not prophecy as we normally understand it, <clears throat> not prophecy as spectacular acts of social crusading or abrasive measures of indignation, but he says prophecy understood as putting on all these virtues especially compassion for those living on the margins, a major theme of Jesus' public ministry. So major for Jesus that his first public words in Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 21, announcing the start of his public ministry begins with quoting Isaiah the prophet. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone were fastened on him. And he began by saying, to just imagine. And the eyes were fastened on him. And he began by saying, today, the scripture is fulfilled. Jesus' ministry was marked by compassion. It's the first layer of virtue in a Christian community. Compassion as simple acts of love that proclaim value of people and touches them in very practical ways, like serving lunch in the neighborhood. It's free for anyone every Sunday at 1230. And being on the receiving end of such compassion helps penetrate despair so that new futures can be believed in and embraced. Christ's compassion in you. Christ's compassion in a community of faith is the hope of glory. And just in case Paul's readers didn't quite get it, like a good teacher, Paul in verse 16 and 17 reinforces the kind of Christian community needed to foster such virtues and acts of compassion and love. Um, in an early ver earlier version of the New International Version I memorized in the 1980s said it this way, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and counsel one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with one another, with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him. Wow, what an apt description of Christian community. And when reading this passage in preparation for today, 
the phrase, let the word of God dwell in you richly as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. For me personally, that just leapt off the page and practically lit my heart on fire. And I thought, wow. After reflecting on why that scripture verse jumped out at me, I realized that one of the most enriching communal activities that has nourished and sustained my spiritual life in the past eight years has been singing in a church choir on Sunday nights in downtown Seattle where so much of that church's liturgy is sung. One of my favorite times of the year to sing in that choir is the Sunday in March closest to St. Patrick's Day because that is when we get to sing the hymn of St. Patrick. And for those of you who may not be familiar with St. Patrick's story, at the age of 16, Patrick was taken captive and sold into slavery for six years in Ireland. His captivity resulted in his becoming a devout Christian. And upon his return to England, he trained for the priesthood and served for eight years as a parish priest. And after receiving his Macedonian call at age 48, he proposed that he be sent to take the gospel of Christ to the Celtic peoples of Ireland. So Patrick was ordained a bishop and appointed to Ireland as history's first missionary bishop. And in the span of 28 years, Patrick's apostolic ministry planted about 700 churches and ordained over 1,000 priests. All this happened in the early 5th century, about 432 AD. And for those of you who are not familiar with the hymn of St. Patrick, its origin is likely from Psalm 20, which is a prayer of protection, which is pretty applicable to us today, a prayer of protection from despair, from discouragement, from fear. I've heard so much of that expressed already in, the, in many of the prayers today, this morning. And every time I sing this hymn, the lyrics deeply move me and I'm refreshed and astounded by this mystery, Christ in you, Christian life and community, the hope of glory. And here are some of the lyrics. Christ be with me and within me, Christ behind me and before me, Christ beside me and to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me and above me, Christ in quiet and in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. Christ in every heart that's broken. Christ in every joy and pain. Christ in every word that's spoken. Christ in sun and moon and rain. Christ in resting and in rising. Christ the Lord of all my life. Christ to guide me and to shield me, Christ protecting me in strife. 
May I suggest that the message for us this morning is simply this. Welcome back to ordinary time. Yes, it's a time for growth and maturation and a time in which the mystery of Christ is called to penetrate ever more deeply into our lives. Letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you participate in Christian community. Christ clothing you with compassion. Christ clothing you with kindness. Christ clothing you with humility. Christ clothing you with gentleness. Christ clothing you with patience. Christ clothing you with forgiveness. And Christ clothing you with love, which binds them all together in perfect unity, peace, and gratefulness. Christ in you. Christ in the community of faith known as Calvary the Hill, the hope of glory.